Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you suffer from social anxiety, head over to quietbegins.com and check out the safe system for social anxiety, helping you retrain your brain so that you can have a different response in social situations. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Welcome to the show. I am Paul Coliani, and this is the show where I help you tackle those tough challenges. I want to help you increase your emotional intelligence, strengthen your self-worth and self-esteem, and empower you so that you can make decisions that are right for you. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. Very important. And what else is important? Uh, Today... What's important is the thoughts that we have regarding who we're with, what we're doing, and what is important to us, and what else out there is better for us. What else is out there that is better for you? Think about that. The person you're with, or if you're not with someone, the job you have, or if you don't have a job, the place you live, what if there's something better? What if something better comes along? Does that mean I shouldn't commit to what I have and who I have in my life? Does that mean I should just stay in limbo until something better comes along? I think that reminds me of a Weird Al song. (laughs) But there's that thought that comes in our minds, right? I probably shouldn't stay with this person because what if someone else is better for me? What if someone else is more compatible, more suitable? What if someone else is more attractive? What if I lose my attraction? We play the what if game until we are so jaded by what ifs that we don't even know what to do next. We are in indecision. We can't get past our own indecisions and we feel stuck. If not stuck, then we feel some sort of stagnation going on. There's something in my life that maybe it's good enough. Maybe it's the best I can get. I mean, I've had this email several times over the years that comes in and says, you know, I'm dating this guy or I'm married to this woman or this and this, and I'm not sure if this is the right person. I'm not sure if I should stay in this relationship. I'm not sure if I should keep this job. 
I'm not sure if I should stay living where I am because there could be something better out there for me. And this is a plague of the mind. This is a plague of your emotional state because you're always thinking about what's next or what could be. What if? I remember my dad told me a long time ago, don't play the what if game with me. Because <laughs> when I was a teenager, I'd be like, well, what if we uh, do this so we can go to the park? Well, what if we finish this really quick so we can watch that TV show? And he finally stopped me and said, stop saying what if. <laughs> Don't ask me what if anymore. And I think I did. I had to stop. <laughs> and uh, that was helpful. It, it was helpful because he was the rule maker in the house and I just followed the rules. And if there's no what if, I kind of have to live in a more present minded state. I kind of have to. I'm not saying that this, this was a healthy thing for him to say. It, it might not have been healthy. Maybe I should think about the future. Maybe I should have all these scenarios that come to mind. So just in case I think about something else to do, I'll do that. And maybe I'll um, be an inventor and I can think of what ifs and all the avenues that the invention could take. You know, there's creativity in what if. There's also stagnation in what if. As long as you treat what if, as a qualifier for enjoying the present moment. In other words, if you find yourself doing what if and you miss what's happening today, then you're losing out, in my opinion. Now, this doesn't always work because sometimes you might be in a bad situation and what if could be that hope, that glimmer of hope that takes you out of that bad situation because you're motivated by it. But what if you're in a decent situation? What if you you have a nice person with you and instead of enjoying those moments with that nice person, you decide to go into that what if place? What if someone else is better for me? Then maybe I shouldn't invest all my time and energy into this person today. That's where a lot of us will go if we play what if. Well, I'm with this person, but what if there's someone better out there for me? That's usually the emails I get. What if there's someone better? then I probably shouldn't commit to this person. Here's my take on the what-if game. Only use what-if if it motivates you to do something in a good way, if it motivates you to move in a positive direction. Only use what-if if you are being creative, if you find it a helpful thought process that brings you into a better space. Don't use what-if if you are enjoying what you have today and it takes you out of that enjoyment. Now, I'm not taking what if away from you. I couldn't do that if I tried. But I am reminding you that when you stay in the dream of what could be or what you could have differently, you might have a tendency to lose what you have today. And I don't mean someone's going to walk out or you're, you're going to lose your job. I mean, just enjoying it in a present-minded state, just being in that moment so that you can enjoy that moment. Like, what's happening right now? Well, right now, my loved one and I are getting close and we are enjoying each other. We're holding hands. But what if there's somebody else out there? I mean, you can feel it when I say that, how it takes you out of that place. How about this? This is why it's so important to understand if you're playing the what-if game, does it take you out of a positive emotional state? Because if it does, then playing that game could be detrimental to your mental health. It could be 
harmful to the relationships that you have today. And even if you don't say anything about it to the other person, I mean, you probably wouldn't say, well, what if there's somebody better than you? Uh, If you do, then you might have some different interesting conversations on that. But what'll happen is that you'll carry that vibe with you. I mean, I, I received an email just recently, and this is kind of what's prompted it, where this woman was dating this man and they were dating for like two or three months. And he says, I love you. And she couldn't say it back. She couldn't say it back because she didn't know. Well, she didn't know if there was somebody else that might be better for her. So she was stuck in this what if state, which prevented her from being loving. Or let me rephrase that. She may have been loving, but she couldn't say it. She couldn't say it because it was hard for her to grasp onto that feeling completely and really give herself in the moment. And because she thought there might be somebody else that could be out there for me. What if this person isn't it? And when she couldn't say it back, it really hurt his feelings. And from that point on, she had trouble connecting with him. So everything was probably going well until he said a more committal statement of, I love you. And when he said that, it really put her on the spot, making her feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I have to say something that sounds like I'm committed to this relationship too. And certainly she probably did love him in many ways, but because she was in that what if state, she couldn't freely be her complete self. She couldn't give in to vulnerability. She couldn't put herself in that place of, wow, if I say I love you, that means that this means more than it has meant thus far. And I'm putting words in her mouth, but I might be wrong, I'm sure. But there were probably these types of thoughts going through her head. If I say I love you, what does that mean? Well, geez, that might mean that we're stuck together forever. (laughs) I've had those thoughts before. As soon as I think that I'm going to be with someone or apply for a job that, what if it turned out I didn't like the job? What if it turned out in six months I didn't want the job anymore and there was a better job that came along? We play that what if game because... We don't think we'll have the same decision tomorrow. What I mean by that is we think that once we commit, we're not allowed to change our mind. I mean, I've I've told this story on the show before where I used to be afraid of applying for work because what if I don't like it after I start? And now I think about it and I go, well, if I don't like it, I'll just quit. But I was so loyal. I was loyal to a fault. I would stay in relationships. I would stay in jobs much longer than I could possibly sustain it, meaning emotionally. I couldn't sustain some relationships, yet I stayed. I couldn't sustain some jobs that I had, yet I stayed. And I stayed way past the burnout point, and I was so non-confrontational that I chose not to end anything. The what-if game can sometimes highlight a non-confrontational nature in you. Well, what if there's a job that comes along that I like more? Then, of course, you'll find out more about that job and find out if it's the right job for you, if it's going to pay well, if you're going to be happy there. You'll talk to the people there. And then you'll do the hard part of confronting those. And then you'll come back to your boss and say, hey, look, I found another job. I just want to let you know. Thank you so much. And I'm going to get out of here and I'm leaving in two weeks. It's easy to say, but can you do this with a free and clear conscience? Because some people can't. Some people think, well, if I go to my boss 
and I tell him or her I'm going to leave, they're going to think I'm abandoning the company. They're going to think I don't like them. They're going to think that they did something wrong. They're going to think, you know, who knows? There's a lot of thoughts that go through our head. At least for me, when I was burnt out at a job, I was so afraid to approach my manager or my boss and say, look, I found another job and I want to let you know this is my two-week notice and I'm going to be gone. It was so hard for me to say that because I was afraid to own it. I was afraid to put myself in that very committed stance because what does that mean? What if I was wrong? There it is again. I go to that what if game. What if I'm making a big mistake? What if I'm burning a bridge? And playing that what if game over and over again kept me in situations for far too long when I already knew the answer. And this is my point. You usually already know the answer. If you're telling yourself, what if there's another job out there that's better than this? There probably is. And that's not the answer, though. The answer is, I don't really like my job, so I'm going to look for something else. That's probably the answer. (laughs) I might be wrong on this might not apply to everyone because what if is a perfectly valid question. What if another job comes along and I like it better than this one or it pays better than this one? Well, my question to you would be, if that were true and you researched it and you talked with them and everything looked good, would you have a problem going to your boss and giving them notice? If your answer is no, then maybe you don't play the what if game as much. If your answer is yes, then is that what the what if is about? Because if it's all about confrontation, if it's all about standing up for yourself and honoring yourself and saying, this is what I want to do. If it's all about that and you're playing what if just to avoid confrontation, just to avoid approaching someone else, then I recommend not making stuff up like what if something better comes along. I would recommend telling yourself the truth of, I'm afraid to approach my boss and let them know that I'm quitting. It doesn't even matter if something better comes along because I'm afraid to do this. Because if something does come along, I wouldn't be able to do that at least easily. I might be able to do it, but I wouldn't be able to do that easily. Because if you're not afraid, if you really know what you want and you step into those shoes and you play that role, the role of you, then you will take action that is right for you. You will make decisions that are right for you. In other words, you're in a job that you're doing okay and everything's stable, you feel good, and then another job comes along and it answers that what-if question. What if another job comes along that's even better? And then you have all these thoughts of, well, it's pretty good here, I don't want to lose what I have, and I get along with people, but you know, this job could be better, and what if it's the best job in the world? Instead of looking in the future, look at your present and figure out, do I like this job? If there was no other job ever again, would I enjoy this job day after day, year after year? Because if you answer yes, I would, I really enjoy it here, then you don't even play the what if game. You already like it. You like what you do and you want to continue doing what you do. But if you have any reservations, then that's already in there. It doesn't matter if another job comes along anyway. You just have to access what's already in there and then you figure out why. Why don't I like it here? Well, I don't get weekends off. Well, why else? Well, I'm not getting paid as much as I want. Well, why else? I don't have the benefits I want. So on and so on. And then I can point back to possible fear of confrontation, conflict averse. If you are conflict averse, if you have a fear of confronting somebody and telling them what you'd like, you might always be looking for the next best thing. In other words, you're not addressing what you're dealing with today. 
when you are looking for the next best thing, it might be because you're not dealing with what you have in front of you. You're not expressing yourself. You're not asking for what you want. You're afraid to confront. You're afraid to put yourself out there and say, look, I would really like weekends off. This is what I need. And when you're in that space of not being able to ask for what you want, you're more likely to play the what if game because it takes your focus off asking for what you want. When we come back, we'll talk about how the what if game affects relationships. But first, I have a big announcement coming up after this. What is the big announcement? It is not about the social anxiety product. That's still on the way at quietbegins.com. No, the big announcement is love and abuse. The podcast is now out. It is now available. It is in the iTunes store. So if you have iTunes, you can find that immediately. If you have other podcast players, which I know a lot of you do, then you will find that updated very soon. But anyone who has iTunes, I highly recommend you look up love and abuse you'll find it it'll be the first one there and click on it subscribe to it listen to it and enjoy it if you don't know what i'm talking about uh, because you're a new listener or you're just not familiar with the mean workbook i created a workbook on manipulation and emotional abuse called the mean workbook and that's m-e-a-n manipulation and emotional abuse number and what it does it helps you assess the specific behavior of emotional abuse or manipulation in your relationship and it gives you a number gives you like a score That helps you determine just how deep you're in, if you're in any level of emotional abuse. And it is my most popular product ever because it pinpoints exactly what's going on when your relationship is difficult and you can't figure out what's going on. And emotional abuse has a lot of facets to it. So I offer that workbook over at loveandabuse.com. And that workbook has a resource page that uh, anyone who's purchased the workbook can access on the website. But There is something I also offer for those who either have the workbook or not, but that is the Love and Abuse podcast. And the podcast expands upon emotional abuse and manipulation by getting into all forms of toxic communication and bad behavior in all of your relationships, not just romantic, not just family, but any relationship, because a lot of us can get sucked into abusive communication. And I created the Love and Abuse podcast to empower you so that you're not dragged into someone else's game so deep that you come out of it a shell of your former self. Now that's extreme, but I've also heard that from several clients that I've worked with that they came out of the emotionally abusive relationship a shell of their former self. It's like they disappeared, they disintegrated in the relationship because of the toxic communication, because of behavior that was wearing them down. And so in the Love and Abuse podcast, I have shorter digestible episodes that dive into specific forms of toxic communication and bad behavior so that you are empowered and aware of what might be happening in any type of communication that you're in with family, with friends, with romantic partners, with coworkers, with anyone. And I talk about all the terms of emotional abuse, psychological abuse, coercion, manipulation, and all kinds of things. So I think everyone will get something out of it. If you're listening now, you will get something out of it. So I highly recommend my show. Yes, I'm a little biased, but I want to let you know it's there. I want to let you know that if you're looking for more knowledge, more understanding of toxic communication, of bad behavior, of manipulation, and of course, verbal and emotional abuse, 
Look for Love and Abuse in iTunes, subscribe to the show, and continue your consumption of knowledge and learning about bad behavior and what you can do about it and what to look for as far as red flags and signs and things like that. You're going to dig it, Love and Abuse in iTunes, and if you can't find it in your favorite podcast player yet, it will be there, but you can also go to loveandabuse.com and listen to it there. All right, let's get back to the show, and I'll see you over at Love and Abuse as well. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk about the what if game in relationships. What if I'm with someone that is great in so many ways, but somebody else comes along and they're better? I don't want to commit to the person I'm with. I want to wait for that person that could be better. So let's talk about this. There's a lot of beliefs that once you commit, you have to be with that person forever. (laughs) And hey, I'm not knocking that at all. I would love that to take place in my life. I would love to be with the same person for the rest of my life. And hopefully I am. I've found that person. But throughout my life, that's what I wanted with every relationship. I wanted to be with that person for the rest of my life. And it never turns out that way. And I've learned a lot through a lot of breakups, through a divorce, that uh, when you get into a relationship and you base it on, this is how it's going to be forever for the rest of my life, then there's a certain charm to that. There's a certain security in that. And it feels pretty good. It's very present. You're not thinking ahead like, oh, what if, what if, what if? You take all the what ifs out. And so it has worked for me. And then I'm surprised when the breakup happens. So there is a optimistic, positive viewpoint that I use when I'm so committed and I don't think ahead of anything else or anyone else. And this is the person I'm committing to. Because I'm such a committing type person, I am the um, dog on the Chinese calendar that's the most loyal, I guess. Not that my whole belief is based on the Chinese zodiac. It's not. Uh, But I totally resonate with that where I am so loyal that I don't play the what if game. And there is some positive aspect to that. But the negative aspect to that of not necessarily what if, but being so committed It's that I didn't question anything. It was, I was stuck with what I have and I'm going to stick with it. That was the game I played that prevented me from getting my needs met. I would get stuck in a situation because I was so conflict averse. I wanted to avoid confrontation, even when there wouldn't necessarily be confrontation. I just pretended there would be. I made it up. I thought, well, if I said, hey, I want you to stop disrespecting me every time I wash the dishes, I thought that would bring up confrontation. She would get angry. She would leave me. And then I would be alone. That was my rationale. And that kept me from getting my needs met because I never asked. And this is the whole point of this segment is that if you don't ask for what you want, if you don't put it out there and say, Hey, this is how I'd like to be treated. Or, Hey, can we talk about this? then you might develop a fear of commitment, which also develops the what-if mentality. If you have a fear of commitment uh, because, well, what if I get into the situation and it's not right and there's somebody better that comes along and you're not saying to yourself, I'm afraid to express myself, I'm afraid to express my needs, I'm afraid to express my wants, you might develop the what-if mentality to avoid committing to anyone or anything. And this will keep you 
unhappy. This will keep you feeling stagnant. This will feel like unfinished business all the time because you're never fully committed today. When you don't fully commit to today and your mind is always on some future that may or may not ever happen, you never enjoy today. What's my secret? My secret is I enjoy today as if we're never going to break up, she's never going to leave me, and nothing bad is ever going to happen. I just pretend that's the truth. (laughs) I say pretend because I don't know. I don't know that's the truth. But damn it, I'm going to enjoy my time today. It's very present moment, very present-minded thinking. And it also forces me to address what is on my mind today. And what that means is I may not have a chance to address it tomorrow. Or do I want to bring this feeling of lack or feeling of being slighted or feeling of being dishonored or disrespected? Do I want to bring those feelings into tomorrow? Think about that. How many feelings do we bring into the next day and the next day and to the next year until we are carrying so much that we don't even know where to begin? That's where the overwhelmed brain starts. That's where this show starts. It's like, oh, we need to address these things inside of us so we don't develop an overwhelmed brain. So we don't get so bogged down with so much negativity that we've lost the ability to connect with ourselves, to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. We bring negativity into the next day instead of addressing it in the moment. I mean, it doesn't have to be that moment, but... What are you feeling today that you continue to bring into tomorrow? This is all tied in to what if. This is all tied in to fear of confrontation. If I confront, they might leave me. Fear of being alone. Fear of abandonment. Fear that someone's not going to like you. All these fears that um, I think my last episode was talking about fear. That we don't want to face. We don't want to face what could be a fearful future. So we're going to avoid that fearful future by not confronting someone and asking them for what we want, by not taking what feels like a leap of faith and sharing or expressing what's on our mind with people that we love, with uh, coworkers, with our bosses, with friends, and especially with family, the final frontier of personal growth. (laughs) When you can confront family, you can confront almost anyone. These are my needs. I think I talked last week about the line. This is my line. This is where I draw the line. And this is the line that you cannot cross. These are my boundaries. You're treating me in a way that I don't like. You're treating me in a way that makes me feel bad. I don't like feeling bad. Could you please stop making me feel bad? I know, easy for me to say, hard to implement, but it does take a huge leap of faith inside of you sometimes to express what you want and to ask for what you want. Because if you've not done that in your life, it's going to be a big question mark until you do it. Well, what's going to happen? What if I say this and he leaves? How strong is the relationship where you can't express something important because the other person might leave? If the relationship is so fragile that it can't survive your truth, your self-expression, then there's a lot more work to do than what I'm talking about today. I mean, there's no depth. There's no connection. When you have deep intimacy, when you have bonding, when you have a deeper foundation of trust and love and support for each other, when you have that strong, intimate connection with someone and you express something, something from your heart, something that you really need, something that honors you, 
and the other person says, well, that's not going to work for me. I'm out of here. How deep was that relationship? It doesn't sound deep at all. It sounds like the most shallow, hanging-by-a-thread relationship that you could ever have. That's why it's so important to start expressing yourself as soon as possible and telling others what you want and how you feel and how you want to be treated so that day by day, incrementally, you build the relationship that you want instead of years later and you're holding all this negativity and all these maybe these resentments and you finally express what you want, but because your relationship wasn't built on that foundation of very hard truths sometimes and very deep connection because you're expressing yourself and expressing those hard emotions that are sometimes hard to express and telling things to the other person, knowing they could be upset with you or knowing that they won't like it or whatever. When you build a relationship based on fear of expressing and fear of confrontation, then your relationship does turn into one that hangs on a string. It does turn into more of a shallow connection. And I know I'm going to get lambasted for that (laughs) because now I don't have a shallow connection. My connection is deep and we don't tell each other everything. I know sometimes you can have a deep relationship and not say much at all. And that can work. That can be great. But that usually comes with a relationship where two people respect each other, honor each other, support each other's happiness listen to each other, are there for each other, aren't judging each other. All these wonderful qualities about a relationship, sharing with each other, even if you don't share everything, there's still that level of connection that you've built because of all the other qualities. But when you're not telling each other things, or there's one person that holds back, holds back, and doesn't express everything, that's when the relationship suffers because there's One person that maybe wants to share more but doesn't feel like they could share too much because the other person isn't sharing. So how much should I share? And then there's a recoiling or withdrawing that occurs. So both people feel like, well, it's not safe to share with them. Well, if they're not safe sharing with me, then I don't want to be vulnerable with them and share with them. And nobody ever takes the leap. Nobody ever takes that step forward and says, you know what? This is on my mind. And this is what creates stronger bonds. This is on my mind, and I'm going to share something with you at the risk that you'll leave me. You wouldn't necessarily say those words, but maybe you would, depending on what you're going to share. I'm going to tell you something at the risk you'll be angrier than I've ever seen. I'm going to tell you something at the risk that you'll think badly of me. I mean, these are great opening lines. I want you to write them down. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something, even though I think it will upset you, and I'm afraid to tell you. And when you start a conversation like that, Someone who loves you and cares for you, respects you and supports you is going to be right there, even if they're angry. They're going to be right there. And yes, you could make someone so angry by something so heinous that you did, but you got to get it out because holding it in is what creates the rift. It may appear fine today, but over time, it's disintegrating the relationship because you're not fully there. You're not fully giving in, giving yourself to the relationship, giving yourself to the other person. And when that happens, you don't have the depth you could have. And that kind of depth where you're not afraid to express things, even at the risk of them being upset or even leaving you, that kind of depth creates such a stronger bond between the both of you. It creates what feels like an unbreakable bond because you've gone through the thick and thin. You've made it through the deepest of mud and you're still here today 
and you feel the trust in each other and for each other because that person told me the hardest thing ever. When you get to that point, when someone tells you the hardest thing ever and they're willing, when someone's willing to tell you the hardest thing ever or express very difficult emotions or thoughts, that's someone who really wants the relationship to work. That's someone who's making the hardest steps possible so that you can have the greatest relationship ever. That's my opinion and that's how I operate. This is what I've done in my relationship. I told my girlfriend some very hard things. And especially in the beginning, she even couldn't believe some of the things I told her. I'm not going to share all that. <laughs> but there are things that I shared that I thought, well, this might be an, a relationship ending thing. It wasn't like awful. I didn't murder anyone or anything like that. But I just told her how I felt about how she showed up and what she said to me in certain conversations and where that put me, knowing that what I'm about to say could drive her away. And it always had the opposite effect. She wanted the relationship to work. I wanted the relationship to work. I wouldn't have told her anything if I didn't want the relationship to work. That's why I tell her stuff. That's why I express to her. That's why I ask for what I want. That's why I tell her my needs. That's why I tell her when she's pushed my boundaries too far, when she's crossed the line. It's gotten to the point where we've gotten all the hard stuff out of the way and now it's easy. It's so much easier than it's ever been. Even arguments end amicably. We still argue every now and then. It's not often, but it does happen. And when it happens, we both reflect and we're both there for each other. And I believe that's how it should be when you're in a relationship. So anyway, I, I jumped more into relationships here. I did talk about work and career for a little bit. Uh, it all has to do with the same thing, playing the what if game. If you're always stuck in that what if state, then you're not really paying attention to what you need to address today. And that can be in any type of relationship you have, any type of uh, work situation that you're in. And I think the best thing you can do is just evaluate what you have today and ask yourself the question, if this is how it is for the rest of my life, will I be okay with it? And beyond that, will I be happy? Will I be happy with this? And if the answer is no, then don't think about what could come next that might be better. Think about what you can do today to improve it. Or if you don't think it will improve, you might have to discuss it. You might have to express it. You might have to have some hard conversations. Because I tell you what, when you're in love with someone and the relationship is working great, you don't typically play that what-if game. So that means there's probably something going on that you haven't addressed in the relationship that if you did and things improved, you wouldn't want to play the what-if game. Just like a work situation. If you addressed it and things improved, you wouldn't have to play that game because now you're happy. But what if I address it <laughs> and things get worse? Exactly then they probably didn't need you as much as you thought they did and you're probably hanging by a string and your job was in jeopardy anyway. I mean, you can look at it a thousand different ways. But the point is, be present. Know that today is the day. Today is the day you enjoy it or address it or be in it because tomorrow may not come. Let's be honest. Tomorrow may not come. So what am I going to do today? Is this the person that I want to spend the last day with? If your answer is no, then maybe you need to reconnect with yourself and figure out what you really want in your life. And let me just end this segment by saying this, and this is going to sound very counterproductive, but let me, let me share this. No matter what, there's always, always going to be someone better than the person you're with. Always. <laughs> there's always going to be a better job out there. 
there's always going to be a better place to live. Always. When you get to the best, there's going to be something better. Why am I saying that? Why am I telling you this? So that you'll finally accept that no matter what you get, you have to evaluate what it is for what it is. And knowing that there's always going to be something better, why bother thinking about it? Why bother wasting any time playing what if, if you already know it's true? When you already know something's true, you can let it go. Because it could happen or it may not. So that brings you back to today. Knowing that there is someone better out there in every single way, it takes you out of what if. What if there's someone better? There is. Now what? Now you have to make the next decision. (laughs) Now you have to take the next step. Because this is going to force you into decision mode. This is going to force you into action mode. Action is the opposite of stagnation. You're in stagnation when you go, well, what if? What if there's another person out there? What if there's another job? Okay, there is. What's the opposite of that? There is somebody out there. There's somebody much better. They're out there and they are so much better in every way. Now, what are you going to do about it? And accepting that puts you in a state of action where you can finally go, well, If there is somebody better, then I better prepare for them because I'm going to get out of this relationship and I'm going to prepare for them. Are you really going to do that? I doubt it. I doubt anyone's going to go, well, since they're out there, I'm going to prepare for them. But what they might do and what you could do is evaluate what you have today and figure out, okay, what's going on here? Why can't I enjoy this as much as I want? In other episodes, I talked about values. Okay, what do I value in a relationship? Let me list all my values. Oh, I value honesty and laughing and having fun and being respected and great sex and all this other stuff. And uh, am I in alignment with all these values in this relationship? Because if you're not, then it's not about someone else. It's about them. It's about you. It's about this relationship. And that's what needs to be focused on. Just like a job. What do I value in work? I value weekends off. I value high pay. I value great coworkers, great boss. Am I meeting all those? Because if I am, I'm not going to play the what if game because I'm happy where I am. And there's nothing else I need to worry about. I'm doing great. I feel great. I feel secure. I feel safe. I feel happy. What else is there? This is great. I'm I'm meeting all my needs. But if I'm not, ah, now I got to ask for what I want. Or if I can't get what I want in this relationship, this job, this place, then I might need to move on or at least have the conversation that I'm not getting my needs met. Can you meet them? Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But taking you out of what if, putting you into a space of today, present moment, Here I am. What am I going to do? This is all I have in front of me. This is what I got. So I got to do something with it. I'm either going to enjoy it to the fullest or I'm just going to contemplate on what could be. And I don't like that feeling. I hope you don't either. I hope you're able to get out of that if you're ever in that space. I want to thank you for joining me today. We'll be right back. Say some thank yous and my goodbyes in my final segment after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you, go to quietbegins.com if you want to learn more about the safe system for social anxiety. That is the social anxiety freedom and ease audio system that you can plug into your ears and start retraining your brain. Start making new patterns so that when you show up in social situations, you don't have those old anxiety responses. As of this recording, it's still on pre-sale, so you'll get 30% off when it's released very, very shortly. 
In fact, we're working on um, Giovanni Dienstman's part where he is a meditation expert that works specifically with social anxiety. So I'm kind of giving him a shout out at liveanddare.com. If you head over there and you say hi to him, just say, uh, Paul with the overwhelmed brain sent you because he's a great guy. He contributed to the system and I can't wait to release the system that has his part in it because he guides us through a meditation, which is nice. There's more to the system than just meditations, all kinds of angles on how we address social anxiety. And I think it's going to be a very powerful system. So anyway, head over to quietbegins.com for more information on the safe system for social anxiety. I also want to thank iTunes reviewer I Am Scavenger and BBHMU. They both said kind things and they both had a little bit of criticism. I thought you might be interested. Maybe not. <laughs> but I, I'm always interested in criticism. I Am Scavenger says the host has really solid advice. Thank you. But he can ramble a bit. Oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> but that's just his process, which he says isn't bad per se. But if you're impatient, then this podcast may not be for you. My biggest and not really important gripe is the music. What in the world is up with the horrible and cheesy music? I have to mute it every time. Also, the outro is super cheesy and a little condescending. I feel like it's a gimmicky way to make the listener feel special. Change the music, please. All right, I am Scavenger. You're the only one in five years that has ever said that they didn't like the music. So I appreciate your comment and I'm not going to change it because the music makes me feel good when I hear it. It's inspirational. I love it. I've had so many people write to me saying, where did you get that music? I love it. At the same time, I get it. I get what you're saying. You know, at the end, I have um, during what's called the outro, I have something I say. I say, keep your mind open so you can step into your power and and that'll help you be firm in your decisions and actions and then i say at the end you are amazing and i get it it sounds gimmicky but let me just share this every time i say it i feel good i feel great because i mean it i feel it i mean it and yes i put the little pauses in you are amazing because i emphasize every word just like that <laughs> i emphasize every single word because i mean it i feel it i mean it it's not a gimmick it's authentic it's exactly how i feel when i say it i feel good and i just put it out there and i hear over and over again from people that they sometimes can't wait to be told that they are amazing and I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to change it. So there. <laughs> I apologize that you don't like the music. I am grateful that you listen. I hope you get a lot from it. And I appreciate you. And I thank you for your honest opinion. Thank you. I also want to mention BBHMU's iTunes review where he said, Hey, Paul, can you change the intro? The are you annoyed to something more positive? After listening to your podcast for a while, I dread listening to the intros because it seems condescending, especially with that pitch. Just some advice. Other than that, great podcast. Well, BBHMU, guess what? The intro has changed. It is something that I've been considering doing. Uh, 2019 was rolling around. It was getting to that point where maybe it could be updated. And I wrote, I don't know how many iterations of that intro to change it to something that I could use. And Nothing conveyed what I wanted it to convey, so the intro stuck for years and years. And this week, I was finally able to write something that I believe conveyed what this show is all about. 
and still convey a message that wasn't about asking you if you're annoyed with affirmations. I hope the change helps. If it didn't, then I'm probably in your doghouse (laughs) and there's nothing I can do about it. So we'll see if I get a lot of bad feedback on the intro that it is now, then maybe we'll work on something else. But I hear you. I'm on it. (laughs) Hope you like it. Thank you so much for your review. And I want to thank the uh, Facebook group, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, for their contribution to the intro. I asked the question, um, should the intro change? And I even put BBHMU's review in the group so everyone can comment on it and uh, and decide if the intro should change or if it's annoying. And, and most of them said, don't change it. <laughs> Some people said, no, I'm fine either way. And quite a few people said, yeah, it's time for a change. So... Even though the majority said, don't change it, I hope the changes that I made to the intro this time, and I know people that are listening to this for the first time are like, what was your old intro? I gotta gotta hear your old intro. But I'm hoping that the intro that I've created this time will satisfy the people who are already happy with what I have and those who are unhappy with what I have. You have no idea. (laughs) Well, maybe you do, but you have no idea how hard it is to not only create something that uh, conveys what you do, but also convey it in a way that is satisfying, that is pleasing to millions of people. It's, it's very, very difficult to get to that place where everyone is going to like what you do. That's why I have one-star reviews too. Not everyone is going to like what I do. I'm not going to meet everyone's expectations. Some people might tune in and say, the overwhelmed brain, I want to I learn more about the anatomy of the brain. And then they start to listen. They go, what? This isn't about the anatomy of the brain. One star. I hate you. (laughs) I think people do that. They have expectations going in and I just can't meet those expectations. And that's a good lesson in life. People come to us with expectations and we can't always meet them. And then they don't like us. And we wonder, "Why why don't you like me? And then we can just remember that, oh, they have expectations that I couldn't meet. It's not my fault that I couldn't meet them. It's just something I can't do for them because who knows what their expectations are. That's why the best people in our lives are the ones that we meet their expectations and they meet ours. And thankfully, we have a system where when we can't meet someone's expectations, the system is we grow apart. And that system works because if I'm not meeting your expectations, you should probably find someone that does. Or maybe talk to me about it and say, hey, you're not meeting my expectations. This is what I'd like. Just like the last segment. This is my expectation and I want to share it with you and um, let's talk about it. Or you just may have to move on. I'm referencing how we show up and what we expect of others. I mean, how often have you been disappointed when you had certain expectations from someone and they didn't meet them? I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you treated me this way. I can't believe you broke the law. I can't believe you... Whatever. People do things that we don't expect and then we have some sort of opinion on it or a judgment on it. We feel something about it and now we are either hurt or disappointed or just sitting there with unmet needs and now what? And a lot is based on expectation. How much do you build yourself up to be sorely disappointed when something or someone shows up in a certain way that you didn't expect? I hear this with celebrities all the time. (laughs) I mean, people will meet a celebrity thinking, oh my God, they're the greatest thing ever. But when I met them, they were boring and kind of rude. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. 
because we have all these expectations. But I saw them in this movie and I saw them in these interviews and they were so cool and they were so funny. But when I met them, they didn't want anything to do with me. Whereas if we had maybe, I dare to say, a healthier perspective, a healthier understanding of our own expectations that we wouldn't be so quick to judge. And this may be unfair because there probably are some really, really rude celebrities out there. But imagine being one of them. Imagine being in their shoes with photographers following them around everywhere they go. In every store they go in, every restaurant they go in, they're recognized Everyone's approaching them, asking for autographs, taking pictures. They just don't have any time to themselves. And so finally you get to meet them and they're rude or they're unhappy or they just don't want to talk. So you have this judgment. You say, I can't believe that jerk. I just can't believe they treated me this way. What a jerk. I'm going to write about it on Facebook. I'm going to post it on Instagram. I'm going to talk about this person and make sure everyone knows that this guy's a jerk. Even though they just spent the whole day talking to people just like you, and they finally have some time to themselves. And here you come along at just that moment and have all these high expectations and suddenly you're disappointed. I mean, I'm not talking just about celebrities. I'm talking about anyone that you expect something from. This is the same thing with relationships. When you start a relationship, it's nice not to have too many expectations and to keep it that low. I mean, this sounds like uh, personal development 101. Keep your expectations low so you won't be sorely disappointed, so you won't develop huge judgments, so you can live a more satisfying life, so you don't expect too much from too many people. But being in that space of low expectation is helpful when you're starting anything. That way, you're not looking for too much. You're not asking too much of the what-ifs. You're just kind of experiencing it as you go along. It's just like um, the way my relationship started with my girlfriend. Everything was just so, hey, you know, let's go hang out. Hey, we kissed and that was nice. Hey, we hold hands. Hey, this, hey, that. It wasn't like, oh my God, we kissed. I'm in love. (laughs) Oh my God, we're holding hands. This must be something special. That's how I used to feel. I mean, it still doesn't mean I wasn't activated in some way. It still didn't mean like, hey, this could go somewhere. I still felt that. But what do we bring into a relationship where we are radiating, oh my God, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Because as soon as you start feeling like that early on in a relationship, I don't always recommend diving into that feeling full force. I don't recommend it because that's when expectations are raised. That's when your radar starts to turn off and your observation skills start to lower because now you're seeing stars. Now you're kind of blinded by love. And it's important to remember that everyone's an individual and has their own quirks and you're going to find things you don't like. And if you kind of bypass those and don't talk about them, that's when the feelings of, well, you know, he or she did this and I didn't really like it, but I love them so much. So I'm just going to not think about it anymore. That's when we put those blinders on and we start bringing negativity into the next day and the next day and the next day. And when we bring that negativity into the next day and the next day, because we decided to ignore something that maybe we should have talked about, that's the beginning of the relationship disintegration. It happens very, very slowly over time. Because sometimes we can be in such denial and in love that we don't want our fears to get in the way of this great feeling that we have. Oh, they leave their socks on the floor every time, but that's okay. I love them. And uh, I'm just going to write that off as that's who they are. And it's a quirk and I'm okay with it because he's cute or she's adorable or whatever. Yet, did it give you that little twinge of, I don't like that. And did you address it with them? 
because that could be the very first thing that expands into something else that grows into something bigger that three years from now you're so annoyed by that behavior that it comes out in some explosion. Why do you always leave your socks on the floor? And they're looking at you going, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? What is your problem? So that's why it's important to have these conversations, express yourself when you can and, and not bring that negativity into the next day, into the next day, because you know what can happen. It transforms into very unhealthy communication later on. And it can even lead to, you know, dare I say depression. It can lead to other things because the more you repress, the more depressed you feel. And when you're depressed in a relationship, that's a real bummer. And that really brings things down. Not that it's your fault, but not expressing yourself, even with the fear that they could leave or they could be angry, puts you in a space of continuing to repress what's going on inside of you that could bring you into depression, that could cause you to lose your passion, that could cause you to lose that spark for life. And I, I want you to keep that spark or at least find it again. And, and the best way I've learned to find it is to continue being expressive and saying what's on my mind and not letting things linger inside of me where they linger and fester. That is the worst feeling ever. I have a feeling you know what I'm talking about. Letting something fester, it doesn't feel good at all. So anyway, I kind of skipped some thank yous because I went into... I went into something else. I want to thank the patron members over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And I want to thank um, Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this show all the way to the end. Because that music is now playing. And I know that iTunes reviewer that said he doesn't like the music is really starting to tune out at this point. And that's too bad because I want to tell him something. I want to tell you something. I want you to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true, I absolutely have no doubt about whatsoever, no matter what anyone says, you are amazing.